Texas passed a law that said abortion is illegal at the time a heartbeat can be detected, and that's around six weeks. But it's not a responsibility of the government to enforce the law. So what they did is they shifted over to the citizens of Texas. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. This is a husband and wife show where we share behind the scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we're currently working on a new documentary project called The Mind Polluters. I'm Amber Archer, co-host of this show, and joining me is my husband, business partner, director, author, speaker, Mark Archer. The co-host with the most. (laughs) The husband is here. Right. So, with over 30 years of combined experience in the motion picture industry, we are creating movies from a biblical perspective about the issues impacting our culture and society and showing the church at work. You can learn more about us and the movies we are making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. It's also a great place for you to make that one-time or monthly donation to help bring these timely films to the marketplace as we are a 501c3 nonprofit and rely on donations to make these movies and this podcast possible. You become a force multiplier for truth when you partner with us through our nonprofit, Fearless Features. So, last week... We were talking about the Texas heartbeat law that went into effect, and I just off the cuff mentioned, hey, we should talk to Kathy Humbarger at Right to Life Northeast Indiana. And your wish is my command. (laughs) So this week we made that possible so that we could bring that information to you guys. And I think it was it was a really fascinating conversation. And I think we're going to have to break it up into two parts because we talked about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And those of you who have followed the show for a while, you know that Kathy Humbarger was part of our first documentary feature, Inwood Drive, which we were showing how our local community was able to get the abortionist shut down through the laws. And it was a community just coming together and standing up against this man who was like butchering women. Mm -hmm. And so then come to find out after his death in 2019 that he was hoarding over 2,000 fetal remains at his home and in an abandoned car at a private lot. So there there was that story. The, you know, little did we all know what was going to happen. But of course, the Lord knew and Kathy was a part of that, a big part of getting the abortionist here in Allen County shut down, which, by the way, made Allen County the second largest abortion desert in the United States. Very proud of that. We are very proud of that. Yeah. Mark that one up. So you had an article because we also talked about the Satanists who mm-hmm. were trying to file lawsuits against the Texas bill because, you know, abortion is a part of their religion. So there's that. Right. So they finally just come full out and admitted that, <laughs> right. that abortion is a sacred ritual, sacred rite for them. Mm-hmm. So the murder of unborn children is a sacred ritual to the Satanists. They have admitted it in court filings. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not a Christian, you can't deny that, especially over the past year and a half, two years, that there has been a great, great increase in evil Ugh. in the world. Yeah. I just all you got to do is look at just the events of the past month. And, and it's it's happened in every generation, you know, f- from the beginning of time. But yet to actually see it with our own eyes and live through these great trials, mm-hmm. it's really you, you just see it going from bad to worse. Yeah, it is. And this is what the Lord said yeah. it would be like yeah. that things will go from bad to worse. 
And I came across an article that I had to flag and, and uh, bring to you here because it, it goes along with what we were talking about, what we'll talk about today with Kathy, but also what we talked about last week, dealing with the Satanists. Right. And, and I do just want to also mention, you guys, we link all of these articles that we are referencing in the show notes. So Mm -hmm. if you want to go and read these for yourselves, we highly encourage you, you know, do your own homework. We always, we love sharing information. So tell people where the show notes are. The show notes are directly in, well, the show notes are with the episode. Right. They're, they're whatever, in the description, whatever podcast service you're using, it should be in the descriptive text for that episode. Right. And there are links to everything that we share that we're referencing. Um, there's, well, we had links. Yeah, we had somebody ask us, "Is that what are you talking about?" And we're <laughs> yeah. like, "We left the the articles for you." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just so you know, so, so that you're aware, so that you can read it for yourself, and you know, yeah, we're, we're not making this stuff. We're up. not making it up. Now you can judge for yourself whether you believe the source or not. But we um, we're pretty thorough in in how we vet what we're reading. So. Um, this one is, this is interesting. Uh, hundreds of headless goat carcasses reportedly dumped into Georgia river. Investigators suspect satanic Santeria rituals. Hmm. Um, a local Georgia news outlet has been investigating reports of hundreds of headless goat carcasses seen floating in the Chattahoochee river. Someone has been dumping hundreds of decapitated goats into the river for years. Lately, it's become a lot more frequent. Witnesses reported seeing uh, filed reports and police started looking into several headless goat carcasses seen floating in the river. Um, Channel 2 reporter Dave Huddleston paired up. Okay, and they went and they investigated. So Atlanta Channel 2 Action News. Um the, tr- the two traveled along the river when they noticed the decapitated carcass of a goat floating in the water near the Interstate 20 Bridge on the border of Fulton County and Cobb County. The two encountered multiple gar- goat carcasses as they cruised up the river. Lately, it's become a lot more frequent, and on Friday we were out here and saw 30 of them floating down the river. A witness provided cell phone video footage of the goats being dumped into the river from an I-20 bridge. The video shows the carcasses splashing into the river after being dumped off the bridge. However, it is unclear who was behind it. Apparently in the video, which I have not seen, he actually hears the bodies splashing down, not only in the middle of the night, but he told me he hears them also in the middle of the day. Fast forwarding here, it is now believed that the situation stems from satanic Santeria ritual blood sacrifices. In 2019, Channel 2 Action News did a story about people leaving dead chickens, goat's heads, and coconuts near railroad tracks in metro Atlanta. Oh, All right. okay. I, I really, I, other than a reference in a 90s song, I don't know anything about Santeria. Yeah. Um, it turns out it was part of a religious ceremony for the followers of Santeria, a religion that mixes West African culture with Cuban Catholicism. Oh, well, that's interesting. Um, they talked to a Shango priest to explain the significance of the goats. We use a he-goat as also a victory. All right. Then we use a she-goat for the baby, for the also for the blessing. That is the significance of all these animals that we use. 
So Georgia State Patrol and Fort Fulton County Police said they didn't have any further information. But so is this is this <clears throat> a crime? Is this against the law to dump decapitated goats into the river? Well, it, it probably at some level. I mean, it's <laughs> it, you're you're polluting the what is eventually the drinking water supply. Um, I don't know why you know PETA hasn't gotten involved. They get involved in everything else that doesn't involve them. <laughs> So, well, I mean, I'm, I'm just curious because, you know, where does where does it end? And this has been sounds like it's been going on for a while. It's been going on for a while. Yeah. It popped up right after we had talked about the Church of Satan, you know, the Satanic Temple um, filing a, a lawsuit about the Texas abortion law. Uh, you, you'll see more and more of this happening. They're just mm -hmm. they're becoming emboldened. As the scriptures say, the wicked freely strut about when what is vile is honored among men. Mm -hmm. That's from the book of Proverbs. So so with that, let's get to our conversation that we had with Kathy Humbarger. Well, as always, I love being with my friend and battle warrior, Kathy Humbarger. Kathy, can you say hello and introduce yourself? Let everybody know what it is that you do here at Right to Life Northeast Indiana. Well, thank you so much for having me today, Amber. I am delighted to be with you and your listeners. I am the Director of Public Policy for Right to Life of Northeast Indiana. I was the Executive Director for about 20 years, and um, um, Zach Rogers has now taken over that role. So that freed me up to take on two more jobs. <laughs> I'm a um, director of Public Policy for Safe Haven Baby Boxes. You may mm -hmm. be familiar with that yep. organization, Saving Babies One at a Time. Yeah. And also a brand new organization named Reprotection. Um, our uh, mission is to close dangerous abortion facilities that injure women and kill children based on the rules and regulations that are have already been enacted. So um, we are just uh, full steam ahead and, and glad to be with you today. Okay, so that's fascinating since the last time we were together because we were making the movie Inwood Drive, all right. about the abortionist next door here. So tell me about reprotection. The goal of, of our organization is to hold abortionists accountable um, across the country. Mm -hmm. And we had our first closure last week in Florida since we've incorporated as reprotection. Praise the Lord. Absolutely. <laughs> Praise yeah, absolutely. the Lord. Yes. Oh my goodness. So what really, what, what kind of spawned that new venture for you? Well, it happened um, here at the Right to Life office many, mm -hmm. many years ago. And as you've told the Inwood Drive story, that's pretty much how it started. And by the way, that has been a tremendous tool in my toolbox to help people understand what we do. I just send them the link, yeah. the link to Inwood Drive and, and they get it because it's difficult to put what we do yeah. in a sentence or two. Yeah. Um, as you well know, I didn't have um, a, a strategy. I didn't have a plan. I mm -hmm. just looked out my window and saw women going into the abortion facility uh, and come stumbling out a couple of hours later with no wheelchair ramp. And that one thing led to another. And we learned all kinds of things that were happening behind the closed doors of not only the abortion facility here in Fort Wayne, but also in Gary and uh, South Bend. And all three were ultimate, ultimately closed down. And the infamous abortionist Klopfer ultimately had his license suspended. Well, and it's interesting because here we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of them finding right. 
All the babies. The babies in stashed in his garage mm-hmm. and also in the trunk of an abandoned car that mm-hmm. he owned. So horrific story. Uh, people still relate to that as mm-hmm. I go around the country. Uh, they know who Clapper is right away. Okay, so let's let's transition to Texas because I think it's okay. interesting because Indiana also has a heartbeat law or did. Well, uh, a heartbeat heartbeat legislation has been introduced over the past several sessions. This is why it doesn't go anywhere. Mm. Because the original road decision required a um, a viability standard. You're talking about Roe v. Wade in 73. The original Roe, no. Roe v. Wade yeah. in 73. So back then, of course, there were no ultrasounds and technology wasn't nearly what it is now. Mm-hmm. So believe it or not, for those people, you know, under age uh, 40, there was a time when we didn't have ultrasound. Right. And that was certainly the case when Roe was decided. So all these years, this viability standard has stood. And that's been was kind of a a guess mm-hmm. uh, by the Supreme Court justices. They said, oh, yeah, after viability, then the states have a right to regulate abortion. Well, that's been pushed back further and further by technology. And when you hold these little babies that are premature and wouldn't have had a hardly a chance the things that are going on in the NICU are astounding mm-hmm. now so these babies are are surviving uh, younger and younger so there's really two cases to look at one is a case coming out of Mississippi where the Mississippi legislature passed a law that said no abortions could be performed after 15 weeks well right now I don't know of any 15 week baby that has survived but They wanted to push it back far enough to challenge the viability, Mm -hmm. to see if this case could go to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court could revisit that whole idea of viability. So the Supreme Court accepted the case. And as as you know, the Supreme Court doesn't have to accept every case and and don't. And doesn't. Yeah, Uh, yeah, they they reject more than they accept. Mm -hmm. But they accepted this case, and and oral arguments are going to be heard probably in November of Mm. this year, and a decision will be made next June. So they have decided to look at that. There were, I think, three different pieces of the law that were being discussed, but they decided, the Supreme Court decided to hear the viability standard. Mm -hmm. Now, one would think that the Supreme Court would not agree to hear the case if they didn't intend to do Something. Something, yeah. And there are legal minds much more informed than me that think this could be the overturn of Roe. Wow. We'll see. But we'll have that decision next June. June. Right. So just keep that kind of in your mind. Yeah, those that's listening, out there. be praying for the Mississippi case. Absolutely. <laughs> and everyone Ab- arguing that case. Absolutely. And this is the only abortion facility still operating in Mississippi Mm. that's brought the case. So, okay, so just keep that in mind. So in Texas, well, back to the heartbeat legislation Mm -hmm. that we talked about before. So because of this viability standard, the lower courts cannot find in favor of the law, can't uphold the law because of the, the Supreme Court said, no, 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 states don't have an interest in regulating abortions prior to viability. So the lower courts have to rule against the law. So the, of course, we all want abortion to end, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And those that advocate for the heartbeat, protection, conception laws, that kind of thing, want to outlaw abortion now 
And their strategy is for it to work through the courts and then to get to the Supreme Court. Well, the lower courts, there's no way they can find in favor because Mm -hmm. of the viability thing. And if the circuit court decides against, which they would, this law, and by the way, part of the legislation here in Indiana has always included rescinding all the regulations that we have on the books because the supporters of that legislation say you don't need to regulate abortion if there is no abortion. So I could very easily see a judge saying, okay, we're going to strike down this part of the law, but we're going to leave this part that rescinds all the um, abortion regulations. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, say it gets to the Seventh Circuit, which is right below the Supreme Court, and the Seventh Circuit hands down that ruling. If the Supreme Court doesn't take it, we're stuck. Yeah. Now, the difference between that legislation, that strategy— And what's going on in Texas is that Texas passed a law that said abortion is illegal at the time a heartbeat can be detected, and that's around six weeks. But it's not a responsibility of the government to enforce the law. So what they did is they shifted over to the citizens of Texas. Mm -hmm. If they know of anybody that is participating in an abortion past the the, um, heartbeat, when the heartbeat is detected— They can sue in civil court and get damages. Well. Wow. Well, that overwhelmed their, that would so overwhelm their system. Here's the thing. So, of course, the abortion providers, the regular culprits, and this front and center, again, is Whole Women's Health, the same Whole Women's Health that's operating in South Bend. So they quickly appealed to the Supreme Court, to the United States Supreme Court, to put that law on hold. Well, the Supreme Court said that they weren't deciding the constitutionality of the law, but there was nothing in the law that that caused them to to stay the enforcement. Mm -hmm. So now there's this weird kind of situation going on in Texas where abortionists have quit doing abortions because they are... Right, they can be sued. They can be sued. Right, by anyone. By anyone. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, for breaking the law in civil court. So they can't go through the regular legal proceedings because there's no government entity to sue. Right. The, and government isn't responsible for the enforcement of the law. Mm-hmm. And they haven't been injured. Nobody's right. sued them yet. Mm-hmm. So they can't really do anything about it. Now, there's some interesting twists and turns to this, too. One is that there's a judge in Texas, and I'm, I'm not real sure where all this stands, that has issued some kind of a a temporary uh, hold on the law. However, because it just didn't, but it, that would just apply to their district, right? Where I think, I think that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But anyway, news accounts say that anywhere from 80 to 85% of all the abortions in Texas have been halted since this law went into effect. Praise the Lord. Absolutely. Uh, and it's not like people who are supporters of this law, including me, just say, well, okay, you can't have an abortion. So see that, that you figure out your life. No, there's thousands of people in Texas and across the country who are willing to come alongside women and help them through their crisis. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then this is an interesting wrinkle too. So one of the organizations that is uh, coming out against the law is the Satanic Temple. I saw that. We we actually, we talked about that last week on our podcast. Okay. So um, I don't know how, how much I need to go into this, but basically because Texas has a religious freedom law. They claim that they can. They They're should sacrifice. be allowed. Yeah. 
there's their uh, abortion ritual is part of their religion, mm-hmm. and so their members should be uh, they should be allowed to distribute abortion pills to their members. If they would prevail, that would mean that everybody that wants an abortion pill abortion in Texas would have to be a member of the Satanic Temple. Mm-hmm. Now. I'm not sure that's going to go anywhere, but it's still an interesting, mm-hmm. um, and and it's it's becoming more and more obvious that this is satanic. Yeah, I mean, this you don't have to be a, a a Christian to understand that taking the life of an innocent child is wrong. Thank you guys for tuning in. That is all the time we have for today. You have been listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. Be sure to visit fearlessfeatures.org. If you have missed any of the previous episodes, you can search the archives through the podcast and see all that we're doing through our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features. Thank you so much. Have a wonderfully blessed day. And we will have part two for you on next week's show. Mm